WFNU is a volunteer-run station made up of many different community voices. Each program expresses one aspect of this diversity and is not the view of WFNU or FTI as a whole. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Show Up with Cameron Gran. I'm Cameron Gran, and as always, I'm just a friend going on his own mental health journey, trying to help you learn little tips and tricks that he's learned all along his way. And you can take them, you can leave them, you can do whatever you want, but it's up to you. Only you are in charge of your own mental health. And I hope you guys choose to show up for yourself because you matter. Now, today, we'll be going over the Dear Man skill. I know what you're thinking. Cameron, what is the Dear Man skill? Well, the Dear Man skill is pretty much how do you get what you want from other people or how do you get what you need from others to be treated and feel like an equal in your life? Because it's all a balancing scale. Nobody should feel bigger than you, we should all feel equal no matter what society tries to push with like class status. We're all born in this life, all of our lives have equal meaning and that's important to grasp. Now, something that you should note is that today we'll be going over the dear part of the dear man skill because it's a very complicated thing. I felt like it was complicated. I learned it day one in DPT and I felt like they rushed it because sometimes we need to have a little bit of a grasp of what we want first before we can go to people and have a conversation and be like, like, I need these things from you. If you can't give them to me, here are the consequences, which the man skill is more of the boundary. So if you have set the boundary with somebody, you then have to follow through. And if you don't follow through, then what was the point of even setting that boundary? People only respect the things that you say if you follow through when you tell them, I need this from you. And if you can't give it to me, that's fine. But I need to like change the way I view this friendship. We need to be like a 25% relationship now instead of at a 50 or 100. It's kind of like like a little stepping stone. But this is my perception of it. I'm going to read official things so I'm not leading you astray. But again, this week we're just going over the deer concept. We will be going over two episodes of Modern Family just because I feel like the deer man skill is so complicated and it can be really hard for us like emotionally to start dealing with. So I wanted to keep it a little lighthearted. So deer man, the deer part stands for describe, express, assert, reinforce. You want to describe the current situation so that the person gets a clear grasp of what you're referring to. And then what you want to do is you want to express your feelings and opinions about the situation. So like if somebody hurt your feelings, you'll just say, I'm upset. Be like, when you belittle me in front of our friends, I feel upset because we're supposed to be equal, but you're making me out to be a clown that you can pick up apart in front of others because it makes you feel amused, but it makes me feel like crap. And we're supposed to be a joint friend group. So I feel like all of us should be enjoying each other companies equally. Now, uh, the assert part is when you say what you're asking for. So in that example, when you're like, I would appreciate and what I need from you from now on is to not belittle me. When you belittle me, it upsets me. And if you continue belittling me, I'm going to hang out with you less. Or sometimes people, I don't, I don't agree with this, but sometimes people say I hold back because I view the way you treat friends a certain in certain regard. But if you keep belittling me, then it's fair game and I will belittle you back. That's not a good thing for the assert skill. It's because that's kind of an eye for an eye and that only ends in flames. So what you want to do is assert yourself, but you want to make sure that you know what you're asking for and then you tell them no clearly. Because sometimes people think that just because you're not vocalizing a no, that it's like, oh, they're just a little upset. But you need to make sure that you set that hard boundary with them so they won't repeat the behavior in the future. And then the R part reinforced is like how you tell them 
the benefit of doing what you ask. If you will stop belittling me, I'll want to hang out with you more and then we'll have more encounters and have a lot more happiness between each other. But if you can't do that, I am not comfortable being something that you pick apart for your amusement because then only you are enjoying this uh, scenario and we all should be. So when you do this, if you treat me with respect, we'll do more and cooler and better things because I, do, I won't want to spend a little bit of time with you. Instead of spending 30 minutes, I might want to spend an hour or like a day with you and we can do a day trip. So kind of like that, like you say, the more that I feel like you respect me, the more and more I want to do with you so we can do that long ski weekend you've been asking for. I haven't done it yet because I didn't want to spend 48 hours of my life being picked apart by you. Like that's kind of the R part. Just so you guys know what it is because I would be, I would be so upset if I was left off knowing not what the man part of your man skill is. I'm just not going to dive deep into it. It's the M stands for mindful, A stands for appear, and the N stands for negotiate. These are all things that go into when you are actually trying to get something from somebody. So it's kind of like the steps leading up to the, the hard boundary session that you're going to have with your friend. Now, something that I will always say with somebody is if it's somebody that's more like an acquaintance, try to think whether or not that that like having this conversation is going to be beneficial for you and your mental health, because something that's important is to know A, what's good with you and B, what is too much for you to handle? And that's why I say, how much does this person matter to you? How long have they been in your life? Because if somebody's been in your life for like a couple of weeks, you don't need to like force yourself to be uncomfortable. I feel like the more that you work on the dear man skill, the more you'll be able to set those healthy boundaries so people, when they get to know you at first, will know what they are so they'll respect you completely. Because respect is important in a relationship. Now, something that I will say is that if you somebody has been in your life for a very long time, your entire lives, 10 years, five years, any length of time, if somebody has done that much work with you and has stuck around for a very long time, then they obviously care about you a lot and maybe they aren't aware of the way they're treating you and they just need to have a long conversation so they can change it. But the dear man skill is a step. All of these things I'm teaching you are a step toward a better, healthier version of yourself. Sometimes you can tell somebody a hard boundary that you need and then the person will give it to you or they won't and then you'll give them that consequence. But it's up to you to check in on yourself and be like, okay, I set this boundary. How do I feel about it? Am I okay with it? Is this better for my mental health? Or did I go a step too far and now I feel like I no longer have a relationship with somebody that I didn't want to have zero relationship with. That's kind of like why you have to accept everything as a journey and it's all about taking those little steps along the way. Okay, with that, I am going to go to Modern Family. The deer side, again, is all we're talking about. When I learned this on my own DBT journey, I felt like it was all a little too much at one. When you first take that step to better your mental health, your mind can feel like a minefield. If you take one wrong step, you're like, I'm going to be moving backwards. Something bad's going to happen. I, I came here to get better, not to get worse. And it's okay to feel that way. But just know if you're if you're feeling that way, you're just over the peak at the moment. When you get down below the, like the peak line, that's when you can start doing these skills. Like, oh, these are the cautionary things that I do before so I don't get over the peak. And these are the things that I have that will help me calm down if I I do inevitably go over that peak because where human things happen, you're going to get stimulated and it's going to be too much and that's okay. What matters is you have a plan in place to help you get better and to help you get back on the path that you need to be on. Now, today we'll be going over two episodes of Modern Family. The first one being Coal Digger, which is a conflict between Manny and Luke writing to their respective parents during a football game. It's all about being uncomfortable with the fact that your father 
in Claire's case, got married to somebody really younger than him and they're close to the same age. So you're trying to like you're trying to adjust to that new dynamic with somebody. And the other episode will be Run for Your Wife. And Claire and Phil have mixed feelings regarding the first day of school for the kids. Jay and Gloria argue about an outfit for Manny and a minor problem with Lily gets blown out of proportion by Mitchell and Cameron. <laughs> That's my name. With that, let's begin. Three minutes in. And the reason why I stopped it is because I made the Dear Man skill feel like a big thing. You can use a Dear Man skill over little things. For instance, if everybody's coming over for a football game and Jay doesn't wants to spend it alone because he doesn't like talking and socializing, he'd rather just pay attention 100% to the game. That's okay. The thing with anything is what's ironic about the Dear Man skill is sometimes it's just letting people like know what to expect up front. It's not something that needs to be a big deal. So if, for instance, Jay in this situation, since, uh, since Gloria doesn't like football, wants everybody to come over, if they literally just sat everybody down and said, hey guys, I know some of the family just want to talk and socialize. And then some of us, which is just Jay and Cameron, it looks like, wants to be 100% in the Ohio football game. That's fine. All you have to do is have that conversation and say, okay, you guys, if you want to talk about the football game and that's what you want our interactions to be, be in this room. If you want to socialize and just check in and like be together as a family, go to this room. But like, that's an easy boundary to set with your family. All you have to do is tell them up front. And I wish people did that away more often. I cannot tell you the amount of times that I just like snug off into a corner and try to find somebody else that wasn't actually watching the Super Bowl, especially the one year where the Seahawks were playing the Broncos and the Broncos weren't even really playing. So it was just really boring because I mean, they were playing obviously, but it was like the Seahawks won, but they won so hard. I was just like, how are we still enthused about this game? Because it's not even like a nail biter. They're literally like have touchdown after touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. And I'm just like, okay, is this still fun? It, clearly it was because everybody else in the room was like, woo. And I was just like, I like more of the give and take of football. I'm not really like a, somebody so much into the skill set of football. So I don't know the technique. So I don't get as wrapped up into that. So I feel like if things are starting to get boring, you can rely on those like stats and things to start having fun again. And I didn't. So I was like, you know what? We all came together. It's a family barbecue. What can I do to distract myself? And maybe somebody else is on the same page because they also don't like football. So luckily I found somebody, but they also were like somebody who stepped away for five minutes and then went back to the game. I was like, nope, peace out. No way the Broncos are winning after this point. What's the point of even watching anymore? Because they were in the fourth quarter and they had like 42 and the Broncos had two. So I was like, okay, Seahawks are winning. We know the end results of this game. Let's go home. They're like, no, we're waiting till the last minute of the last second. And I was just like, okay. I just feel like they should have called it because at this point you're just like <laughs> embarrassing yourself. Sorry, I was trying to make that sound way better than, but it just, yeah, it was just sad the entire time. Okay, back to the episode. Okay, we are at 503, both Claire and Phil and Gloria and Jay had to go to the principal's office because their children were fighting, you know, Manny and Luke. The reason why I paused it is because the principal of the school decided to change how he was handling it because he found out they were all related. And I do feel like it's important in a school to have the parents have some kind of consequence at home for what their chil children did at school because then it's reinforced that you shouldn't do this. But he didn't really set any boundary with uh, Luke and Manny. And I do think that it would have been a good example of what you can do with the dear man skill if you were like I understand you're related and you're upset because you don't want uh somebody the same age as you calling you nephew but we can't do this at school because of you you're doing this you're you guys are now maybe have like detention for a couple of days or I don't know can you reduce recess I don't know what's required I'm not a teacher something like that kind of conversation because I do feel like kids need to be involved somewhat to the consequence of their action in the decision making because then as they're listening to you they kind of understand okay if you do this wrong action you get this kind of big consequence if 
if it's something small, you get this small kind of consequence. But like, if you set that boundary and you talk over that with them, then when you follow through on it, they're like, okay, I understand why I'm getting this. It makes sense to me. Because, you know, for me, the number one thing I hated as a child was when my father all of a sudden would just punish me and then be like, you know what you did. And then you're like, no, I don't. And then he's like, go stand in the corner and you're gonna stay there until you tell me what you did. And then I'm just like standing in the corner and then like, you know, hour go by, two hours go by. He's like, do you know what you did yet? And I was like, no. And then eventually he gave up. But I was like, well, the point of that is you decided to put me in the corner because you, I did something wrong. So I knew I had upset you, but I didn't know what I had done wrong. So I couldn't fix the behavior. It's kind of like that kind of mentality is like you and the dear man skill, the dear part is you explain the behavior that's upsetting you. And then you ask them for what you can do instead of that. So we all walk away happy and as equal parties of a relationship. Um, and you, re you reinforce that by doing things like together or like incentives. I do believe in positive reinforcement, but positive reinforcement without explanation is just you giving people things. So like if you're going to do like, oh, good job today on like getting an A on in that class that you really struggled with. I saw you doing the work. I was really happy for you. So here's like a banana split. I don't know, something small that get in, something to like show how much you appreciated them giving in that work so that they get like that kind of support or like reward. Because as we grow up, we learn like we don't always know how to reward ourselves in positive ways. So I just feel like including that in punishment would be very helpful in the situation. And like, obviously Claire and Phil are gonna do something with Luke and Gloria and Jay are gonna do something with Manny. I just feel like a little bit more discussion would have been beneficial in the situation. We are eight minutes and 54 seconds in. Phil like and Claire just arrived with Luke to go to the football family get together party thing. I don't know what you call it. And literally he's like, he brings Manny over to have a conversation with Luke. And he's like, okay guys, do you have any feelings you want to express? And then, and then Jay just goes, no, that's not how we express it. Guys, do we kick and fight each other in this family or do we love each other? And then the kids go, uh, we love each other. And he's like, yeah, good. And he slaps in the back of the head. And I'm like, how much mixed messaging are you sending that you're like, oh, we love each other. Okay, now that you agree with what I was trying to say, now I'm just gonna reinforce it by hitting you in the back of the head. That That is amazing to me. But the thing I love about this scenario is it, it started off really good. You bring all the parties together that you wanna talk about with, and then I do feel like it's important to let the kids share. They didn't get a share in the scenario. They just had to agree. But it's kind of like, okay, well, if you're mad at two people, you can't expect them to sit and do nothing. And sometimes I've gotten upset because I'm like, I'm not asking to just say what I want from you and you to give it to me. It's a compromise where we've been friends for a long time. Maybe there are things going on in your head that I don't understand, but let's sit down, let's have this conversation because clearly things are not going well and I want them to be better for the both of us. All right, everyone, we are 12 minutes, 34 seconds in. And the reason why I decided to stop it is because we're in the scene where Gloria is finally confronting Claire about the way she's been feeling that she's had an experience with Claire and how she treats her in general. And it starts off with an excellent ex exhibit of what you should not do, which is gaslight somebody. Gaslighting is never the answer. And so basically Gloria is like, I don't know, I haven't felt very welcome since I came into your family. And I don't know why, because I've been trying to be very welcoming and kind to you. And then she's like, I don't I don't know why you feel that way. I, maybe, and then she's like, maybe it's all in your head. And, I'm, and then she's like, and Gloria's like, well, maybe you're right. And then she's like, well, yeah, I didn't mean it that way. I don't, and I'm sorry that you feel that way. I hate those kind of apologies. You shouldn't be like, oh, I'm sorry that you feel that way. Because you're apologizing for somebody's emotions and their emotions are theirs. So you have no right to apologize for them. You should be like, oh, well, when I did this, this is my intention. And I didn't 
mean that you have the effect that you had from it. So in the future, I'll try something different because I was trying to show support, not to make you feel less than. And so like that's an explanation and a better apology, in my opinion, is actually something that's going on. So after Claire has gaslit Gloria into making things better, then Manny and Luke come back in and they made it up and then they're telling their family what why they're upset to, be, to begin with, things that are going around. And then that's when Luke says, oh yeah, uh, like I called Gloria a cold digger because he heard gold digger wrong and then that's when Gloria's like oh so it was all in my head huh huh Claire even though they and, and what's so frustrating to me about this is when the conversation started it started how you should approach somebody in a dear man situation you should say uh hey I'm I, I'm I've noticed that you've been kind of off with me and you always make this face when we're around each other can you explain that to me a little bit because I thought we were getting very close but I always feel like you're putting your not your nose up at me and like you don't want to be around to me like you think I'm like disgusting or something and that's how Gloria plowed Claire to have this open conversation with her and Claire kind of like negated all that and said no that's not what I meant but then literally we have Phil her husband backing up Gloria's feelings as well as her brother who's saying yeah yeah that is definitely Claire so it's funny to me that a lot of times when we have wronged somebody we will deny 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 until we're forced to prove and say yes okay I did it because you now you have facts coming into play it's a defense mechanism but usually if you know the floor is open to have an open conversation to like make everybody feel more comfortable, that's when you should tell people your true emotions because yeah, it will be uncomfortable. But you have to live in that discomfort so you can get to a better relationship with somebody that you care about. I paused it became because we came to the part of the episode where basically all of the episode, Mitch has been trying to get along with his father and get on his level by understanding anything about football. So he researched all these terms, he dressed up to be part participate, and his dad, the instant he came in, was like, oh, why are you even here? You don't like football. You're very much into like, you know, musicals and stuff like that. You don't want anything to do with me. And he's like, what are you talking about? Just because I'm gay, I don't want it to be, I'm not interested in any of this. And he's like, well, no, you just have never shared any interest, but, but Cam is, so I understood that. So literally after everything that happened with Gloria and Claire, Gloria being called a gold digger because she doesn't think her father could land somebody like Gloria. That's what Claire said. And then he goes to his son and Cameron and is like, be honest with me. You guys aren't into men. Would you find me really attractive? So funny to me because Jay does not like anything around this subject. So for him to do this and then he's like leaning into it so much so that like Cam's like, oh yeah, you're a drop dead like fox. You're like, and then Jay's like, yeah, yeah, I'm like a seven. And he's like, no, 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 you're not. And then Mitch is like, okay, I'm going to watch football. And then he's like, gosh, this is what Jay says. He's like, gosh, touchy, isn't he? And it's just the brilliant setup of a joke, but it's the same thing where like you open a conversation and you're just trying to be like more understanding, but then it for it to go too far past your comfort, it can't happen. You might be like, okay, we're talking too much about our emotion. We never do this. Maybe we should take a step back and like do it at 50% because now I'm freaking out because I'm like, we never talked this intimately and I don't know how to, I don't know how to handle this for myself. So let's back it down to like a 20, 10% emotion and more 90% the fact because otherwise it's too emotional and I can't feel emotion because I'm a man and toxic masculinity is a thing. It's just so funny to me. It's just a brilliant setup. Okay, rather than the first episode, an extreme example of setting a boundary and following through on it. Following through is the next step, the man part of the setting the boundary, but 
you know, at the end of the episode, Claire goes to Gloria and is really trying to apologize. And Gloria says, okay, you want to apologize to me? I'll forgive you if you jump in the pool. And and then Claire's like, I'm not going to do that. And she's like, okay, well, then I won't forgive you. And it's a very big hill, like, I guess, to like die on. You're like, okay, you jump in the pool or I'm not going to forgive you. I mean, obviously it's not going to hurt her to jump in the pool. It just means her, all her clothes will get wet. And it's just so funny to me because even when she goes down to the pool, she's like, look, isn't my willingness to jump in enough? And she's like, no, jump in the pool and then I'll forgive you. Otherwise, I know you're not serious. And the reason why I like this as an example of the dear man skill is because people will ask you to change your mind repeatedly, but you have to stick to your ground and you have to say, no, I need this from you. You can either do it or you can just live with the fact that I won't forgive you. You can do it or you can live with the fact that we won't be friends anymore. You can do it or we won't talk to each other anymore. It's like, you know, it's those steps. It's like, if you set a boundary, you have to make sure that you're firm in it. And so like in this scenario, Gloria set that boundary and she's like, if you get in the pool, I will forgive you completely and we will forget about but that's the only way and so glory so then claire did and then obviously you know glory forgave her and followed by then the family not jumping in the pool and it's like a fresh start for all of them that's an extreme example of what centering a boundary is it's like you've said i'll forgive you if you jump in the pool that is what you're saying so it, 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 as long as you follow through on your actions then i will let us have a fresh start and that is another thing that's important that i want to make sure i highlight people will say anything in the moment when you're talking to them because they think that in this moment you're in crisis so it's better to make you feel better. Say what they think that you want to hear rather than say what they actually feel because in order to get that compromise to actually know what is too far and what like what you can reasonably expect to ask of them. Like if you're like, I need this from you, can you give this to me? If you feel like honestly in your brain you cannot give this to me, that's fine, but I need to change how we address this relationship, this friendship, like family dynamic. In this scenario, that's kind of what Glory was saying. She's like, I know that you want me to forgive you and I'm willing to forgive you, but I can only do that step for you if you jump in the pool for me. And then Claire could have not done it. And then Gloria, I don't think Gloria's like that was that serious about it. Maybe she wouldn't have been upset, but she probably wouldn't have forgotten. And I think that was more of what she was talking about is like, I will forget. We will have a fresh dynamic. I will never bring this up again as long as you show me that you're also willing to have this fresh up and that's important okay with that let's go to episode six run for your life okay we are two minutes and 20 minute seconds in and the reason why i tell you to stop it is because the setup for this episode is basically how can we embarrass somebody to not do something or kind of shaming because for instance uh jay doesn't get what manny sees and wearing a huge poncho even though he's saying that he's using it to show his uh heritage and celebrate it and instead of talking to him about it and saying why he feels like he'll be made fun of at school or having that open conversation. He's just making a bunch of jokes about, oh, should, am I giving him a ride or should I let him like ride to school on a burrow? I'm highlighting that one in particular. It's because obviously what he's trying to get at is he doesn't want his child to be embarrassed at school. He wants him to feel protected and feel safe. And he's worried that like the outfit he's chosen is going to make him stand out and be bullied. Obviously, Manny, I think is 11. He might be younger than that. I'm not sure. But the reason why I say this is because Manny has proven that his shtick in this series is that he is like a 50, 60 year old man trapped in the young kid's body. If you know that your kid is a, definitely more rational and more mature and can handle deep conversations, why not sit them down and say, I know that you want this. Is there something that we can compromise? Can I get you something else so you can show your heritage or something? Or I don't know, because Gloria is like proud of it, but I've seen this episode before. So later on, she does things because she also doesn't want Manny to get made fun of. And I feel like instead of doing all these like parent like tricks, without like trying to help their kid, their child without telling them that you're that you're helping them or 
or like in Cam and Mitch's like version, Cam is just dressing up Lily in all these outfits like Diana Ross and Madonna and Stevie Wonder. And Mitch is like, are you not exploiting our daughter? Make she, like she's she's changing costumes so much and you're, you're playing with her like she's a dress up doll. And he's kind of trying to embarrass Cam rather than say, can we just do one? Or like, I feel like she's like, you're overworking her and she's supposed to be like a toddler. Let her have fun by herself. She doesn't that be constantly like be dressed up. Instead of having a conversation that's real, we're just like making fun of each other and like teasing and making out like what they're doing is less than. And I feel like an open conversation might get you what you actually want from somebody faster than just trying to embarrass or shame them from what they want to do. We are nine minutes and 30 seconds in. This is the episode where basically all of the kids are going back to school or in the case of Lily, like we're accidentally bunking her head and she's sort of taking her to the hospital. But the reason why I stopped it is because Phil does this long speech about being able to really listen to a woman and give her what she wants because whatever she says she wants, what she's really asking for is the opposite. If you're going to tackle the dear man skill, do not use this method because, or, or believe this method because that is insane. Nobody who's having an open conversation is trying to be like, I want this, read my, look into my eyes and know that I want opposite of what I'm saying. Like, no, that's not how that happens. Like, she's like, I just really want to have a quiet day at, like by myself reading my like giant brick and book because it's ginormous like i i read big books but it's like almost the art of war size of a book she's just like casually reading and then and then she's like well then i was gonna go on a run later he's like yeah i'll come with you and she's like claire's like oh, are you serious phil i, I run every day I'm, I'm really fast i don't want to like slow down my running so we can run together and i'm just like phil she is clearly telling you what she wants i put a little bit more like snark into my talking than what she had but it's important important if you're going to say I listen to my wife that's my skill that you should really listen to her because what she's saying is I really just want a day alone and because you, you took off this day at like being a real estate agent to come like babysit me you're kind of putting me in a position that I don't want to be so I'm doing all these things where I could have spent an entire day relaxing. I decided to deposit at 14.05. This is just after Cam and Mitch went to the doctor with Lily and she's being examined to make sure her head's okay and it's with an Asian doctor. And Cam is so obsessed trying to show the doctor that he's okay with Asian culture that he's kind of pushing too much so it kind of becomes almost racism by default because literally she's like, I'm from Boston, I don't do any of those things. Because instead of asking her or being like, oh, where are you from? Or actually getting to know the doctor. If you need to know your doctor on that level, I guess. He's just assuming all these like things about her because of the way that she looked. And it's just an interesting examination of, oh, if we just had conversations with each other, we just talked to each other instead of, again, assuming that we know what somebody else is like because they have a, like a visual similarity to somebody that we know is kind of a dangerous path to walk on. But Cam does this a lot. It, it's funny because he's trying to be inclusive, but because he's being so inclusive, he doesn't realize he's gone in back around in a circle to the bad thing. And it's kind of the thing where like that can happen a lot with the dear man skill is like, again, you want to ask for what you need, but you want to make sure you're not asking for what you need so hard that it goes from being something that somebody's willing to help you with to being a demand. Because a demand is not what I'm talking about with a dear man skill. In a friendship, relationship, a family dynamic, you want to have a middle ground. What do they want? What do you want? Is there a middle path that you can walk? Because you might not get 100% what you want. And that's why you're like, okay, this is what I need. How can I get this from what you're capable of giving? So I recognize that's what you're trying to do. And sometimes, again, if somebody 
somebody shows something in a way that you're not familiar with, sometimes you have to vocalize that's what you're doing because until you, your brain recognizes when this friend does this, they are trying to give me what I'm asking for. It's the same thing where like you can go, it can be coming too demanding, which is why people have asked me this question or I said this statement to me, Cameron, you're asking too much. And the problem that I've always had is I'm willing to hear this. I'm willing to be like, you know what? You're right. I am asking too much. But to say I'm asking too much when I haven't even started demanding anything yet, I'm just asking for basic conversation to have a, have a basic understanding of where we're going to go from here. So I, I understand what to look from you. That's not asking too much. That's being like, I need this. What can you do with what you, you have available? So I feel this from. It can be small things. It can be really tiny, like minute things that happen every day, but you don't have to have a lot of effort in it, but you need, I need to make sure that I'm reading it as you giving effort because energy given needs to be energy returned. And I 100% believe that. If you're close friends with somebody, they need you in their life because you're giving them something in their life and they're getting a benefit, like their positivity, support, safety. You're giving that to them. So to expect that in return is a good dynamic with a friend. And then I just wanted to highlight that. We are at the end of the episode. The basic message of the episode is to kind of allow what people actually want to live in the in-between space. Because a lot of times we overpromise and underdeliver. But if you listen to the way people are actually delivering, you'll actually see what they're truly want. For instance, Claire didn't understand why Phil wanted to raise her so much. And then she realized that their kids are going back to school and Phil was so used to having them home every day. And so she's like, you know what? I run like five miles every day. I know I could win this. Like my resting heart rate is 45 beats a second. And I'm like, wow, I didn't know that that was the thing. And she's like, you know what? But he needs this because he's been really struggling with the fact that they left. And so I do think it's good to consider others, especially when you know they're going through something. And the same thing can be said with Jay and Gloria, who like Gloria was okay with Manny wearing his poncho, but then he had a pan flute and then wanted to do like a traditional dance as well. And she was trying to protect him, but like Manny is Manny. And the thing that I love about him is he'll do whatever he wants because he wants to make sure he lets people see who he really is. And I think that's respectable. And I feel like at some point they're both like, you know what? We're just gonna let him be him and watch him, but we're gonna be here to protect him and try to protect him if he needs it. And the same thing can be said with like Jay, uh, with uh, Cameron and Mitchell. It's like they just had a baby. They took her to the doctor and then they locked her in a car and they panicked because they're like, we don't want her to like, you know, have a heat stroke and their new their new parents and they're struggling with trying to like learn that new, that new night, that new dynamic. Dang, that was hard to say. And I feel like at the end of the day, the best thing about the deer skill is you're learning how to communicate. Once you know how to communicate and you're like, what do I want? What do I want from the other person? And how can I get it from them? Or a better way of saying that is how can I work with them to get what I want? And then from there, we have the man skill, which is the boundary. But that'll be next week. So thank you guys so much for watching. I appreciate it so much. I hope you guys enjoyed those two episodes of Modern Family. As always, if you are struggling, you can always like uh, find help. It doesn't have to be the last day for you to find help. If you're thinking about anything, just call like the suicide hotline and just try to get in with somebody who can help you like set up with a therapist if you don't know what to do or any of those kind of things because at the end of the day it's important to show up for yourself because like we say on this podcast like we say on this radio show you matter and i will see you guys next time bye show up with cameron grand runs every monday on 94.1 wfnu frogtown radio with music if you want to listen to his podcast or see the video version of this episode you can follow at grand underscore central underscore on all social media where we post episodes every wednesday at 5 p.m without music thank you and as always as you go throughout the week don't forget to show up for yourself because you matter